It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, July 24th, 2020. I'm Aaron Fulton with Raven News. Yakutat has its first case of COVID-19. Officer John Waldron, Yakutat's incident commander, says he found out Thursday morning that a resident who had recently traveled outside of the community had tested positive for the virus. According to the Yakutat Community Health Center, the person is currently isolating at home. The health center is canceling all of its regular outpatient visits, but medical providers will still be on call at all times for emergencies. It will continue COVID-19 testing in the parking lot, according to a media release. Waldron says this is the city's first identified case of the virus, but they've been preparing for it. It wasn't, if it was going to happen, it was when it's going to happen here, so. He says people are concerned because the community has a lot of elders and residents with underlying health conditions. Again, like it is across the nation, uh, the younger invincibles are not so worried about it. (laughs) But like we try to explain to them, you know, if they get it, they have the possibility of bringing it home to, to their moms and dads or grandparents, you know, when they're visiting or helping them. He says there aren't as many visitors to the community as they usually get in the summer, but there has been an uptick. The community is seeing up to 150 visitors a week. And for a community of 700, you know, that's you know, a, a big influx. Typically, their busiest months would be August and September when sport fishermen from all over the world come into town. We have a lot of uh, bed and breakfasts and lodges and, you know, a service industry for, for tourists. You know, they're the ones that really need to step up and, and truly understand, you know, if they get a, a person that is COVID that are stuck there. So until they have two negative tests. So Waldron says it's key to communicate to visitors about social distancing and wearing masks because the residents have been good about doing those things. The first candidate has filed to run for one of two open seats on the Sitka Assembly. Leo Jimmy has been working to get a treatment center in Sitka, and now he's shifting his energy to local politics. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. Frank Lee Jimmy, who goes by Leo, is the first candidate to file for one of two open seats on the Sitka Assembly. I'm 53, uh, Alaskan native, moved up here in 2012 um, uh, from Ketchikan, was born in Anchorage, um, graduated high school in Catch uh, County 85. Jimmy works as a building attendant for Sitka Tribal Enterprises and the Sitka Chamber of Commerce, but his work in the community goes beyond that. Over the last year, Jimmy has been trying to reestablish an inpatient rehabilitation center back to Sitka. Sitka has some outpatient rehab services, but lost its inpatient facility, the Bill Brady Center, in 2013. It would be nice to be able to bring that level of care back. I know as a product of that previous one, it would be really great to be able to bring that back um, for the community and surrounding communities of Southeast Alaska. Last year, he founded the group Leo's Hope and invited partners to bring that level of care back to town, lobbying local and state government for support. But while rehab services are an important part of his platform, it won't be his sole focus should he be elected to the assembly. Jimmy is also concerned with serving Sitka's unhoused and in furthering government-to-government relations between Sitka tribe and the city. And he wants to facilitate more communication with the public by holding regular town hall meetings. Um, This one will kind of be open to everything, I think, of whatever issues the departments are going through or want to talk about or want help to try and hash, hash it out of would be the best way to, to attack to attack it um, and, and come up with a solution. 
He says he also wants to be at the table to help figure out how to keep Sitkin safe as the coronavirus pandemic continues. He says he thinks the assembly has done a good job so far in addressing the pandemic. For the city, they jumped on it pretty pretty quickly, you know, put us in an emergency state when it hit. It, and it's it's kind of a hard hard thing to to deal with because there's we've got to get back to a normal somehow and this is our new normal and it's hard for everybody. As far as recent assembly action, whether pandemic related or not, he doesn't want to openly criticize any recent decisions at the assembly table. Sometimes it's handled well, sometimes it's not handled well. But, you know, I from what I see it's not an easy job and um uh, I think they're doing the best they can. And when asked about the biggest challenge the city faces, Jimmy thought it was being positive and open with communication. It's moving forward in a positive manner, um, being able to treat people with respect and getting respect back, communicating with the public, finding out what their issues are, um, and then being able to come up with a solution for, for those, those issues. Leo Jimmy is the first to signal a run for one of two open seats on the Sitka Assembly. The three-year terms of both Assembly members Richard Wien and Stephen Eisenbeis end this fall. Gary Paxton has also filed to run for another two-year term as Sitka's mayor. Sitka's municipal election is Tuesday, October 6th. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. Over the last few months, cities, boroughs, and communities across Alaska have received over $300 million in federal coronavirus relief. But the funding comes with significant strings attached. KCAW's Aaron McKinstry talked to the leaders in some of Southeast Alaska's smallest communities about the unforeseen challenges of using that federal aid. In mid-July, Angoon would normally be bustling with boats. Charters usually collect tourists to go fishing in Chatham Strait or to stay at remote lodges. But not this year, says Angoon Mayor Joshua Bowen. Right now, it's very, very quiet in Angoon. Little to no tourism, thanks to the coronavirus, has had profound economic impacts on the Admiralty Island village of around 450 people. Lodges aren't opening, the city is missing out on sales tax revenue, and getting stuff in and out, especially with a lighter ferry schedule this summer, has become more expensive too. It's not our fault. We're just here, and now everything that's happening around us and around the world is increasing costs for us in the village, which are already high enough. And that paired with the lack of what are normally around jobs, it's definitely causing some hardship. But CARES Act funds are providing some relief. The city of Angoon has spent about a quarter of the $220,000 they've received from the program so far. The town distributed $50 store credits and $100 energy credits to each household. They also helped support a school food program, made and distributed masks to all local residents, and purchased laptops for city council members to work remotely. Angoon has lots of ideas for the remaining funds, which could include an extra $22,000 if they need it. But a big one is hiring a dedicated employee to help coordinate CARES Act spending. That person would submit required monthly expenditure reports to the state and make sure that they're spending the money appropriately. Expenditures that don't follow federal guidance have to be paid back. Lynn Keneally is a local government specialist for the Alaska Division of Community and Regional Affairs, the state agency in charge of distributing the federal funds to local entities. We suggest that communities take care when choosing their expenses as each community is responsible for 
um, assessing what is allowable and may have to return the money if it's misspent. She says they have helped communities brainstorm, but they can't be the final decision makers. According to federal guidance, the money can be used to cover, quote, necessary expenditures incurred due to the COVID-19 public health emergency. Nearly 90 Alaskan communities eligible for funding haven't accepted it yet, leaving around $40 million allocated for them on the table. That's according to the most recent data from the state. At the local level, figuring out how those funds can be used hasn't been easy. The state was kind of vague on some things on what can be used as far as expenditures and everything. Jessica Adams is the city treasurer in the Chichagoff Island community of Pelican. This is my first time dealing with anything like this. So mainly for me, it was just how to go about doing the reports and how often they needed them, what all they needed from us. Thankfully, Adams says the Alaska Municipal League hired an employee to help answer their questions. The nonprofit provides resources and support to local governments. Like Angoon, Pelican relies heavily on summer tourism, and they've been hurting economically this summer, too. But, Adams says, the town has focused its spending more on health and safety measures. The local clinic has been unstaffed since March, and their EMS group is all volunteer. They needed the basics, masks, hand sanitizer, and cleaning supplies. So when they announced that there was going to be CARES Act funding, it kind of, there was a lot of relief for all of us in here because (laughs) we knew that we were going to be able to do the necessary things to kind of prepare Pelican for what may be headed. They're also looking at investing in sanitation services or a cell tower to improve emergency communications. Whether they'll use all the funds is as unknown as when the pandemic will end. But both Pelican and Angoon officials say they feel relief knowing that the money is there. The state is reaching out to any eligible community that hasn't yet accepted the money. This pool of CARES Act funding must be spent by December 30th. For KCAW, I'm Erin McKinstry. Taking a look at the community calendar. Sitka School District's REACH Homeschool and Correspondence Program is accepting enrollment for the fall 2020-2021 session. Call 747-7514 or email mccartyc at sitkaschools.org for additional information. Sitka Public Library offers surprise book bundles for youth of all ages. To participate, call 747-4020 or email maite.lorente at cityofsitka.org with preferred genre or theme, library card number, and age. When the bundles are ready, participants can pick them up during library hours. And Sitka's teen center, The Cloud, is open 4.30 to 7.30 p.m. Tuesdays through Fridays. For more information, visit the Facebook page or call 738-8266. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.